Good debt. Does that really exist? Episode 15. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Profit with Law. I am your host, Moshe Amsel. And this past weekend, we celebrated here in the United States the holiday of Memorial Day. And Memorial Day is a celebration of our veterans who have fought and, uh, and died for our country and for the right for us to live free and for us to be able to have freedom and liberties. And as I reflected on what exactly does that mean for us, what, what does real freedom mean? Uh, and it, as, you, as we think about that and we think about w- what are we free to do, really it comes down to choice. We have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to choose everything that we do from the beginning of our day to the end of our day. We have the freedom to choose what we eat. We have the freedom to choose what we wear. We have the freedom to choose who we hang out with. We have the freedom to choose whether to go to work or not to go to work. We have freedom of choice. And with freedom of choice comes a lot of power and a lot of responsibility. But also with it comes the ability to get ourselves into trouble and make bad choices and do the wrong thing. And poor choices can show up in different ways. So poor choices about what to eat can show up in how our physique is and what we look like and, uh, and whether we're healthy or not. Um, poor choices in uh, how we manage our finances could show up in uh, poverty, uh, homelessness, bankruptcy, uh, job loss, um, fights at home, uh, divorce. All kinds of things can, can come from, from money issues, all related to bad choices uh, when it comes to handling money. So as I was thinking about this and this freedom that we have and this ability to choose, it became apparent to me that one of the topics that I had been wanting to talk about was very appropriate to uh, make this week's episode, and that is talking about the ability to borrow money and how, how that affects us. Uh, now, I'm not going to go into how it affects us in our personal lives, but you could make a lot of parallels and correlations to uh, what I'm going to discuss for your business, specifically for your law firm. And uh, you could take that back and apply it personally. But I wanted to focus on this because this is, you know, how we handle our money is, is a big choice. It's a choice that we make every day. We choose whether to spend money or not spend money. We choose whether to invest or not to invest. We choose, we choose whether to take money home from the firm or to leave it in the firm for future growth. Um, there's a lot of choices that we're making, and we could be making good decisions or bad decisions with that. Uh, so I wanted to 
jump in and spend some time with you to talk about carrying debt for the law firm, using debt for the law firm growth, using debt for survival. Um, what is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it is it neutral? Is it something we should be doing or should not be doing? So before I, I jump into this, I just want to remind you or tell you about a workshop that we have coming up. Uh, this Thursday, we're going to be hosting a workshop called The Law Firm Cash Solution, How to Stop Living Paycheck to Paycheck, Get Your Life Back and Only Think About Money Twice a Month. And to sign up for this training, just uh, that, go over to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash workshop and register. That's going to be Thursday, May 30th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern uh, Eastern Time. So I look forward to uh, seeing you there and sharing that great information with you. Very appropriate to today's episode that we're going to be talking about. So uh, there was a period in my life where I went through financial difficulty, and I personally uh, went through a bankruptcy. Everybody is everybody's situation is different, and I wouldn't. I would hope that your that people wouldn't be on the other side of this and judge me. And I also uh, don't want to give the wrong impression that I that I was not careful with my finances. As a matter of fact, I never carried debt throughout the years until I got divorced, and um, and I had a very large child support payment, and. I had a decrease in income and could not get my child support reduced. Uh, so I borrowed money to, to be able to make that child support payment and to be able to survive. Uh, 100% of my income was going to child support and, um, and religious school tuition, which was a requirement based on uh, the divorce uh, um, agreement that we had uh, that was... Um, that was then legalized. So uh, I kind of was had, was in this hole, and and in order to be able to live up to uh, to my uh, obligations, I borrowed money, and uh, thinking that I would be able to eventually out earn the money that I borrowed and and pay it off. Uh, when that wasn't happening, uh, and I basically lo- ran out of uh, a runway, nobody w- was lending me any more money, and I couldn't make the payments on it. Uh, that became a situation where I ended up needing to default on it and go through a bankruptcy. My situation is very different now. That was a long time ago. But having gone through that process, I went through um, a lot of things. Emotions is, is one of them. But I also went through a period where uh, I was questioning, how did I get here? And how do I make sure this doesn't happen again in the future? And I got turned on to a gentleman by the name of Dave Ramsey. And uh, many of you may have heard of him. Some of you may have not. Dave Ramsey's uh, ability to get people out of debt is is amazing. And uh, he's, he's an author. He's a radio show host. Also, um, uh, started his own company around this mission and has grown an, a, an, an amazing enterprise. Uh, as a matter of fact, his book, Entree Leadership, is uh, very appropriate for a business owner to read. And what's interesting is, is I'm going to actually go against some of his views in this episode. But I wanted to start off by by putting that out there and, and letting you know that um, I 
was I was holding the Dave Ramsey torch for uh, for many years, and um, I've since changed my tune. But Dave teaches that you should not carry any debt. Period. As a business owner in your personal life, uh, he even tries to uh, get people who have paid off all of their debt except for their home mortgage to then pay off their home mortgage early as well. And it makes a lot of sense. And I absolutely 100% believe that anybody who does not have discipline around debt has no business borrowing money and should swear off debt and should never borrow another penny because they would be much better off living their life using a cash budgeting system, a cash envelope system, and making sure that they're never overspending the money that they have. So on in that respect, I completely and absolutely agree with him. I also agree with the fact that if you're only using credit cards to get a percentage off or to to get miles and things like that, that it, it may seem wise to do that, but there's a psychological side to it where we tend to spend more than we would uh, if we were spending cash because we're able to swipe the card. So even if you're able to pay off 100% of the balance at the end of the month, there is a lot of risk attached to using credit cards, which is essentially essentially debt. But that's not where I want to focus the conversation today. I only wanted to introduce at the beginning that I am aware of uh, that position, and I don't necessarily agree with it when it comes to running your business. There's a lot of the world that disagrees with that way of thinking. As a matter of fact, if you look at the real estate industry, it's a perfect example. Forget homeownership for a moment, but look at real estate investors. 95% of real estate investors use debt for leverage to buy more properties. Imagine how long it would take somebody to build a portfolio of properties if they bought them in cash. Now, it certainly would be very, very low risk because nobody can take that property away when you bought it in cash. But at the same time, you you would need 100% of the value of the property in cash that would now be tied up in that property in order to invest in that property, which um, essentially is not making the best use of the assets that you have. And you have a lot more power with those assets. I also don't think that you should borrow, you know, for example, 90% loan to value on your real estate property, which the banks won't do anyway. But let you, let's say you had the ability to do it. Uh, you definitely shouldn't go that high because there is a level of risk. You know, what happens if that loan is recalled? What happens if, uh, you know, you can't, you, for whatever reason, you can't make the payment and, you, and now you're going to default on the loan? You could end up underwater. You could end up, uh, it, it's, 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 not, it's not a good practice. But um, that being said, my point is that debt being used as a tool for leverage when it comes to growing a business could be a very power, powerful thing. So I titled this episode, Good Debt, Does That Really Exist? Because um, 
there is a a common terminology that is used in financial magazines and articles that are written, uh, blog posts and things like that, saying that there's good debt and bad debt. Generally, credit card debt is bad debt and good debt might be your house. Uh, they might argue that good debt is student loans. So um, we can debate that. But I wanted to talk about what makes debt bad. So in my opinion, what makes debt bad is, number one, affordability. If you can afford to carry the debt, then it's not necessarily bad for you, right? But if you cannot afford to carry the debt, uh, it could be really bad for you. And using the same word affordability, we can look at another side of it, um, and that is if you cannot afford the thing that you are purchasing today and debt is just allowing you to buy something that you can't afford, that is likely a bad thing. So, for example, you want to buy a Tesla. You don't have $115,000 in the bank to purchase the Tesla, but you can borrow money and make a payment on that Tesla every month for the next 5, 7, 10 years um, in order to be able to purchase something that you can't afford. Now, if you your net, you have a million dollars in the bank and you easily can afford it and you're borrowing it because the interest rate that they're offering you is less than whatever you can earn with the cash in the bank, then it's not necessarily a bad thing. So affordability is a good indicator as to whether taking on that debt is good or bad. Another thing that makes debt bad is it shortens the decision cycle. So basically, when you make a, you want to make a decision, let's say you want to decide whether to purchase a copier for the office. And the copier is going to cost $15,000. So if the copier manufacturer who's trying to sell you this $15,000 copier comes to you and says, look, it's a $15,000 copier, but I can put it in your office for $100 a month. As soon as they give you that option, you immediately say, oh, $100 a month, that makes a lot of sense. I can afford that. I can you know, charge my clients enough to pay for that easily. So yes. And your answer is completely dependent based on the monthly payment and not really based on the return on investment of that purchase in general. Um, whereas if you had to write a $15,000 check, you would be doing a lot more analysis to figure out whether or not this is the right copier for your office, whether or not it really has an ROI for you, whether it is a good decision for you to make for your business. So having the access to debt to purchase something can shorten the decision cycle and circumvent the process that you would follow if you were having to have to shell out 100% of the cost of that item. Now, the third thing that could make debt bad is the psychology behind spending. And the psychology behind spending is that if you have access to money, it's easier to spend that money. And this is a problem. It's a problem. You know it's a problem because 
if you wake up in the morning and log into your bank account to check the balance and you have a lot of money in the account when you check it, you're much more likely to spend some of that money potentially on something that's not necessary because you feel flush with cash, because you feel like you have the money to spend. Whereas if you wake up in the morning and check the bank bank account and it's got zero dollars in it, you're going to say no to everything that day because there's no money in it. It doesn't matter that tomorrow you're depositing a $25,000 check from a client. Today, there's nothing in it. You're not spending any money today. So there's a lot of psychology behind spending decisions that's based on your access to funds. So if you have access to borrowed funds, you're going to end up having an easier time saying yes to spending decisions because those funds are there and that could get you into trouble. That could make debt bad. So those are the things that I I made a list of what can make debt bad and that's my list that I came up with. Now, what can make debt good? So debt can be good, right? Um, the first thing it can do is it can give you opportunities that were otherwise impossible in the same time frame. Now, very important to say in the same time frame because I don't want to ever say that debt gives you an opportunity that you wouldn't otherwise have because that's not the case, right? So no matter what no matter what amount of money you're borrowing, there is always an alternative way to come up with that money. And you can come up with that money, first of all, by raising an investor where you're not borrowing the money, you're just giving away a piece of the pie, right? So you can have an investor in a, a particular endeavor, um, so do a joint vent- venture, or you can take on shareholders and or take on a partner in your business, in your law firm, and have them buy in that way and that that'll give you access to cash. So that's one way that you can do it. A second way that you can do it is just by hustling and doing the work and saving money until you have enough war chest, enough cash to make that that purchase that purchase or that investment in whatever it is that you want to spend that money on. So what debt can do is it can help you shortcut the process, right? It can help you do it faster. And that gives you leverage to grow um, exponentially, significantly uh, faster than than you had had the ability to before. Another thing that makes debt good is even when you have access to the cash that you need, right? So let's say that you want to hire somebody in your firm. And you want to make sure that you can pay them for six months while they ramp up and start producing for you so that they pay for themselves. And you're going to pay them $60,000 annually. So you need to have $30,000 in the bank to bring them on and you know just ha- know that you have that payroll taken care of. Well, if you operate that way, then you're now tying up that $30,000 that's in the bank and you can't use it for anything, right? Whereas if you were able to have access to debt in order to fall back on if you needed it to cover that payroll, then you can take the cash that you have and use it for something else, for example, a specific marketing endeavor. So without the debt, this actually kind of goes back to the earlier statement again with the time frame. Without the debt, 
you would have to wait until those six months passed and that employee is self-sufficient to now deploy that $30,000 into a marketing campaign, whereas um, having debt allows you to leverage that cash differently. So um, debt could be good, debt could be bad, um, and those are the parameters around it. Now, why am I talking about debt? Why why do I think that debt is so important? So important that I'm going to spend at least 30 minutes today talking your air off about it and tying up your precious time. So there's two reasons that I wanted to talk about it today. One is because debt is a problem. And so on the one hand, I have law firm owners that come to me both in my accounting business and in my coaching business. And they have cashed out their 401k to start their firm or to or to manage in the in the early days when the income is is not as great in their firm. Um, and the thing that happens is, is that they cash it out, they get that cash and then they spend it all. Worse, they then go and max out their credit cards. Now, if you're listening to this and you're saying, that's not me, I would never do that, then that's okay. Then you don't have this problem. But many of, many of you have done this at some point and either gotten out of it or you're struggling with this right now. And what ends up happening is, is that you have no wiggle room financially because now you've got all these debt payments. So you've maxed out your credit cards. You're paying some crazy interest rate, which is the, the, the next problem, right? So you have a very high interest rate on your borrowed money. You're paying these large monthly payments to the, to these credit card companies, and you're, you're barely making progress on the principal you owe. So you kind of like set yourself up in this situation where you need to produce so much more in your firm just to be able to uh, meet your obligations. And um, that's not a good place to be. The, the world in general has this issue now with student loans where, you know, students are, are graduating from college and they basically have a mortgage payment called a student loan and it doesn't even give them a roof over their heads. And now they're expected to go into the workplace and produce and, you know, become a consumer and, you know, and, and contribute to the economy. But instead, they're, they're paying most of the money that they're earning to student loans. So you're, this is a very similar situation where when you start out your business, you start out your law firm, um, you end up very quickly in this position where you've used up all of the debt you have access to, and now you're, you're a slave to that debt instead of being able to focus and concentrate on growing your firm. So that is debt as a problem as it relates to our industry. However... Debt is also a solution. Debt can be a solution to a lot of a lot of things that are holding people back from growing. So let me ask you a question. You know that you need help in your firm. You know that you need somebody to do certain tasks to free up your time. Why haven't you hired someone yet? The answer why you haven't hired somebody yet is very simple. Because you know that if you hire somebody and you have to start making that payroll payment that that's going to come out of the money that's available to you and you don't want to take less money home as it is you might be you might be comfortable or you might be struggling to begin with so now you're apprehensive to do what you know needs to be done 
as the next step for your firm and bring that hire on, but you can't, you, you're frozen. You can't do it because you're concerned about what that's going to do to your own personal income. Debt can solve that. I'll ask you another question. Why haven't you kicked off the next marketing effort in your law firm? Same thing, right? The reason is because you are afraid to spend the money. You're afraid to spend the money, even though you know that spending money on marketing will pay dividends. It just might take some time. So if you have to tie up your cash during that time to make that investment, that could be very difficult if you don't have if you're not flush with cash at home and you're relying on the firm to bring home money to be able to feed your family and put a roof over your head. So why and why haven't you invested in software to make your firm more efficient? All of these questions circle back to the same thing, which is debt could be a solution to these problems. Being able to have access to, and not necessarily borrowing it, but just being able to know that you have access to borrow the money if you needed it, can allow you the leeway and the freedom to be able to make these decisions because it takes away a level of the risk that you have in moving forward with with your business. But at the same time, if you use debt as a solution to these issues, you need to ma- you need to make sure that you're going about these issues the right way. You need to make sure that you're asking the right questions and that you're really making a good decision that you would make regardless, even if you had cash in the bank. So is it good or is it bad? So I've laid out reasons why debt is bad. I've laid out reasons why debt is good. I've laid out why that you know debt um, could be a problem. It could be a solution. Uh, so which one is it? And you know, obviously, it's apparent, and uh, and you you probably knew intuitively that we would get here is that both debt can be both good and bad. So it's not one or the other. But is there such a thing as good debt? Does good debt exist? And um, for that, I think the answer is emphatically yes. But it depends on a lot of things, right? So there's two major factors to consider when when analyzing where do you fall on this debt spectrum and does it make sense for you to borrow money uh, to fuel the growth of your firm? Uh, The first question that I would ask you or have you ask yourself is the following. Is borrowing money just pushing off the inevitable? Is borrowing money just pushing off the inevitable? Let me give you an example. Let's say you you have three people on staff and it's time to pay, make payroll and there's not enough money in the bank. If you borrow money to make payroll, your employees will be paid and they'll be happy and they'll be likely to stay, right? Um, if you can't make payroll, you have another option. And that is to let one or more employees go because you can't pay them. So if the reason that you can't pay them is simply a cash flow reason, but the underlying business is good and it's profitable, then it makes sense to borrow money to pay your employees and keep them happy because you know that you can pay that money back. You know that they are earning their keep. But if things are slow at the firm and you really can't pay three people and you you can't sustain it 
then what you're doing is, is you're only pushing off the inevitable. You're only delaying the pain of giving the bad news to somebody that you're no longer employed here. So what's going to happen is if we play this out, you're going to borrow money to pay payroll and you're going to do it again. You can do it again until there's no access to money left. You've exceeded, you've maxed out your credit lines, you've exceeded your ability to borrow money. And now at that point, if, if you haven't fixed anything, then you're going to lay off those employees and then you're left holding the bag of all the money that they, you just paid them over the last X amount of time in order to not have to do what you had to do anyway. So you have to look at, first and foremost, is borrowing money just pushing off the inevitable? Is it just putting a Band-Aid on a situation and not fixing the underlying cause of it? And if it is just pushing off the inevitable, then I would caution you, no, do not borrow money for that. Make the tough decision now. There is a there is a fine line in between, so there's a gray area. So obviously, if it's if it can be potentially inevitable, but it could also turn itself around, then you have to play a game with yourself, and you have to determine how long am I willing to go, how much money am I willing to borrow and be left holding the bag, in order to try to fix this problem, and that's the amount of time that I'm going to have. So if it buys me six weeks, then it's six weeks. If it buys me three months, then it's three months. But then you need to make sure that you don't play that game again three months later and extend it because that's really what you're doing is pushing off the inevitable. The second major factor to consider is will the benefit exceed the cost? And when I say the cost, what's the cost of borrowing money? Well, the cost of borrowing money is the interest rate over time. So let's say that you have access to, to cash at 10% interest annually. So if you can turn a 20% return on investment of that money and then pay the 10% interest, you've netted a 10% gain. Now, we can argue with this example that a 10% gain is not worth the risk of borrowing the money, and that may be the case. So maybe you need to shoot for a higher number. But you want to make sure that the benefit of borrowing the money is going to exceed the cost that it's going to cost you to borrow the money. Now, there's variables here. So if borrowing the money is going to be at 25% interest for you, then you need to really do some miracle work with the cash that you're taking out, right? So uh, you need to, to make 40% or 50% on that money in order to for it to be worthwhile to borrow. So we, we have to look at, will the benefit exceed the cost when making borrowing decisions? So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this out with some best practices that I think are really good to keep in mind when questioning whether or not you should borrow money for, uh, for anything related to your law firm. So first of all, there is definitely value in building the credit profile for the business. So as consumers, we're all very familiar with the fact that we have a credit score personally, and that credit score is made up of the average of the three scores from TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, the three major credit bureaus. Uh, but what 
people are less aware of, and you may or may not know this, is your business has a credit profile as well. And that credit profile is managed by Dunn and Bradstreet. And Dunn and Bradstreet um, is very expensive to report to and very expensive to create your own profile. So basically, uh, in order to build your business credit, to have your law firm be able to borrow money on its own without you being a personal guarantor, and we didn't talk about that at all. So uh, obviously, uh, you're all attorneys. You understand what a personal guarantee is. Uh, you want to get to the point where you can borrow money for the purpose of growing the firm without putting your own personal assets at risk. So you want to make sure that you have that credit profile for the business built. And one of the best ways to do that is to open a, a line of credit with a financial institution that's going to be reporting, actively reporting to Dun & Bradstreet. Um, and the best time to do that is not when you need the funds. So my first best practice tip to you is start to build credit when you don't need it. If you're looking for credit when you already need to borrow the money and you need, to, you need the money now, you're already in a poor position to be able to access the amount of money that you need and to be able to access it affordably at a decent rate. And when you first start building your credit profile, you might only be eligible to get a line of credit that's of a significantly higher interest than you're comfortable paying. And the idea is, is that you start that line and you borrow a little bit from it, pay it back, borrow a little bit from it, pay it back. It's going to cost you a little bit of interest, but that activity is going to start to aggressively build your profile and give you access to um, larger lines of credit at lower uh, interest rates. So by the time you're ready to really borrow the money for a longer period of time, you've already achieved that credit line that you need as well as the lower interest rate. So a line of credit grows the longer you have it open. So the best thing to do is to open that line of credit um, as early as possible. Now, uh, understand that a line of credit is exactly what it sounds like. It's a line. So you're not actually borrowing the money unless you draw on the line. Uh, so you don't, there's, no, there's really no cost involved in having a line of credit, which is why I think it's, it's so crucial to get that process started earlier rather than later. Um, now... Let's get to some more tactical stuff. Never borrow money without a concrete plan that clearly shows the return on investment. So this goes back to everything I stated earlier about the cons of borrowing money. It makes it easier to spend. It shortens the decision cycle. Um, you want to make sure you're not borrowing money just to push off the inevitable so if you're, if you're thinking that borrowing money is going to fix a problem, then you need to sit down and actually take the, put the numbers on paper and do a forecast and make sure that you've all the math works. And by deploying that money that you're borrowing, you will be able to create that return on investment that's going to be well above the cost of, the, of borrowing the funds. Um, along the same lines, you want to set metric goals for yourself so that you know when to cut and run versus staying in the game. So let me, what am I talking about? So let's go back to our two earlier examples. 
So let's say that you are going to hire somebody and after six months, they're supposed to be paying for their own, they're paying for their own salary, basically. They're supposed to be generating enough income in the firm or enough savings of, of a more expensive employee in the firm that they are justifying, uh, 100% justifying the salary you're paying them. So a metrical you would set for yourself is to measure that and check back six months later and make sure that they've achieved that. And if they haven't, at that point, you need to decide whether to let them go or hopefully the metrics up until then have been an indicator. You didn't wait six months before deciding to let them go. But if they're not meeting those goals, then you need to be able to make that decision to let them go. So making figuring out these, these metric goals beforehand and um, identifying them well in advance is a really good way of taking the emotional part of the decision out of, out of the equation because you've clearly defined your parameters in advance. The other example is uh, with a marketing effort. So uh, you can do all the projections that you want. Sometimes it just doesn't perform the way that you expected. Sometimes it performs way better than you expected. And sometimes it performs pretty poorly. So you have to set metric goals for yourself to say, okay, this is the plan. This is how much we're going to spend on it. But if we've tried X, Y, and Z, and we haven't achieved these specific these specific metrics, whatever they are, then we're gonna we're gonna put the kibosh on this particular marketing effort, and we're going to change and and try a different tactic. So it's really important to have this set up in, in advance because borrowing money to run it is going to give you the ability to continue running it even though it's not performing for you. So we want to make sure that we're avoiding that possibility. Now, you also want to use extreme caution if you cannot get market rate interest. So if you're borrowing money on a credit card and that credit card is you know, 17, 18, 23, 25% interest, then you can very easily create a situation where you're making a ton of debt payments and you're not getting anywhere. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're not... I don't want to tell you that you that you shouldn't borrow at 25% because if you can clearly see a 75% return on 25%, then it's worth it, right? It's worth pay, making that payment. But at the same time, there's a lot of risk, a lot more risk involved because uh, you're going to be paying a lot more interest uh, once you're carrying that debt. So you want to be really, really sure that this is going to pay off if you're going to be borrowing in that way. And then the final best practice that I can share with you is to use your gut as a security indicator. If your gut is telling you this is too risky, I should not be doing this, then listen to your gut. Don't listen to a guy on the other side of a microphone on a free podcast um, that, you know, that was recorded at some point in time, right? You know your risk profile. Some people can tolerate a lot of risk. Some people cannot tolerate risk at all. Perfect example, uh, I have a family member who's been asking me to help them with investing their um, some of their retirement money. And... Every time that I make a, a suggestion or a recommendation, uh, they say, well, I, 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 you know, I can't 
I can't afford to, to, to see the money go down in value at all. So basically, they don't want to be in the market. They don't want to. They don't want to own bonds. They don't want. They don't want to do anything, right? They will just want to park their money in a bank account and collect interest on it because they're very risk averse, and there's a risk to that too. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to get into that today. But the bottom line is, is that there there are so many different personalities out there. So if you're somebody who's more risk averse, then you're less likely to open a line of credit just for the sake of building a credit profile for your law firm. You're less likely to borrow money to be able to hire somebody to bring them on. But maybe you'll you'll still borrow money to to run a marketing uh, you know uh, endeavor. But the bottom line is is that you know in your gut whether you can tolerate something and that should be your indicator. Um, maybe not, don't use your gut as the indicator to borrow money because there I think that you should be a lot more tactical and planned, but to determine whether you should not, definitely follow your gut. If your gut tells you don't borrow this money from this place, don't borrow this money for this thing, then just don't do it. Uh, So I hope that this information was helpful for you. I hope it enlightened you a little bit about what options are available to you and how this can help you. And I want to remind you that we do have a a workshop upcoming this Thursday, and we'll be hosting this workshop called The Law Firm Cash Solution, How to Stop Living Paycheck to Paycheck, Get Your Life Back, and Only Think About Money Twice a Month. To sign up for this training, that's going to take place Thursday, May 30th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Head on over to profitwithlaw.com forward slash workshop and register there. Show notes for this episode as well as uh, links to anything that was mentioned can be found at profitwithlaw.com forward slash 015 profitwithlaw.com forward slash 015. Until next time, have a great day, have a great week, and I will see you guys next week. That's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.